So, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Um, so, if you're around uh, Film Network Ireland FNI, we're having a networking, a speedy networking event. And for anybody who uh, has been to any of our other events over the last couple of couple of years, because we're running since 2010 now, you'll know that uh, they're great crack and it gets people chatting, you know, uh, whether they like to or not. So, we're having a speed, it's called uh, FNI Speed Networking 3. This time it's Christmas. Um, on Endeavid's pub uh, on Camden Street on the 10th of December and it's upstairs uh, if you know Devitts at all you know that's been massively uh, revamped so it looks fantastic so if you're around bring a pal um, there'll be some prizes as well on the night and it's just a good excuse to sit down albeit briefly with some other filmmakers um, actors and so on and yeah it's a good it's a good opportunity to ch to chat so yeah, come along and it'd be great to see you there. Thanks. Paul Butler, I'll fight you for uh, Who's going to go first? Uh, Paul Butler, how are you? I'm very well. How are you, How's Paul of the Webster? Amazing, top of the range. Good, good. Uh, welcome to episode 11. 11. Legs 11 of uh, FNI Rap Chat. Uh, hope you've been enjoying the show. Um, we have a really good one. We've got Damien Fox. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, what news is there? We've, we've got some film board news. Yeah, we have some IFB or uh, Screen Ireland, or I don't know to what capacity they refer to themselves now. Yeah, the uh, the script development um, uh, the script development scheme, I guess, is back uh, in two different guises. We have the uh, I think there's a more traditional established uh, uh, um, strategy. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a new one created for ind independent writers that they can go so yeah check out the film board website for that uh, we're always talking about uh, a wonderful co film called It's Not Yet Dark um, and we said we'd let you know when it was available in Ireland so it is available to rent now on volta.ie uh, beautiful film about uh, a sadly deceased now uh, filmmaker Simon Fitzmaurice and if you go back and listen to episode 4 we have the director of that film Frankie Fenton and it's a it's a really really good episode I think because yeah. I wasn't on it y yeah well you just listened to it so you know you were you know what it's like for the rest of them yeah. um yeah it's you know it's a really uh, I can't overemphasize this you know it's um it's just a really important documentary uh, not because of the circumstances but because of the uh, incredible uh, spirit of this man it's a it's love story really is and it's yeah. really it's quite poetic and lyrical and it's if you're gonna watch one doc, and I know a lot of people are not fans of docs, but if, if you're gonna watch one doc this year, I suggest you watch it. So yeah, so Damien Fox, um, well known uh, for the comedy, for rock the metal comedy, band, uh, Dead Cat Bounce, um, who are playing a bunch of shows coming up to Christmas around around the twentieth of December in the Project Arts. If you check out. Uh, there's loads sold, but there's there's a few left. Uh, I would, I'm going. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be uh, bouncing in the back door. Oh, uh, they, uh, but yeah, they're, they're, you know, it's selling really well. They, they, they initially just had one or two nights booked in, but they had to extend it to like five nights. So yeah, uh, yeah check out some of their old sketches. Uh, the rugby for Republic Italy, and they did a few where they uh, there was there's a great BBC one where they were mistaken for Kasabian. Just really, they really cracked me up. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're on the ball. Uh, so check them out. So yeah, um, yeah. Without any further ado, um, yeah. Here's Damien Fox. Thanks, man. 
welcome, Damien Fox. Thanks very much for coming in. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, how's your day going? My day? <laughs> that was a curveball. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Hey, what are you working on at the moment? Um, well, right now we're kind of preparing for the Decca Pants reunion shows at Christmas, which were never really supposed to happen. So we're kind of writing those furiously, and yeah, you have to do it now. You've sold the tickets. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. can we commit to? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, ordering props from China and figuring out uh, how to record voiceovers for our inner monologues and all sorts of silly things that really wasn't part of the plan when we started. <laughs> cool. So you've got. Was it five dates in December? Yeah, the, the 18th to the 22nd of December in Project, which is where we did our first ever gig. So cool. it seems like an appropriate kind of Things place for like the 10-year. home, man. Yeah, home. why the hell not? <laughs> cool. Can we go back to the start then? Because um, you're, you're a writer, uh, mainly now, it's kind of, and then you're a comedian. Uh, like, what was your first love? Was it music or comedy or film or... I mean, look, I, this would be going way back to the start, but I guess my first love when I was a kid was probably music. I wanted to be a rock star, you know, right. or more specifically, I wanted to be a heavy metal drummer, probably. Okay. But, uh, you know, I always loved you know, Monty Python and all that stuff as well, so it all just sort of coalesced into what turned out to be a perfect job for a while, which is a comedy drummer. And <laughs> <laughs> cool. And how, so how did uh, that come to be then? Um, well, pretty much straight off the bat when we went to college there was like week one actually there was a, a postgrad guy who set up an improv group and we were part of the the people who joined that you know so yeah. for the first year we were doing improv with him and then he went off to back home and we kind of t turned into a sketch group or whatever so we did that kind of stuff through college and kind of cut our teeth basically and did edinburgh's and that kind of thing so when we finished uni and we were all trying to do our own jobs and all the rest of it the three of us shane james and i were living together and sort of a bit bored with life <laughs> so we uh and we were kind of just doing stupid musical things and whatnot just to entertain ourselves and we uh we figured why not try and put something on so we booked the project and uh we put on that first show and uh that first show was sort of crazy though because you know sort of enough people remembered us from college that we were able to sell it was like 80 tickets or something but then uh we got a call from the box office saying um would you be able to kick someone out just because will ferrell it wants to come we're like, yes, kick kick out the wheelchairs, kick out, oh, we don't care, <laughs> strip out the front row, whatever. But uh, yeah, he was just staying in the hotel across the road and was like, asked the people, is there any comedy on? Like, it was just absolute luck, blind luck. Oh, yeah. And uh, so, I mean, that the show, it was a good show, which didn't hurt as well. But the fact that he was there and we got photos with him, like, we had something to talk about after that. We had a, a bit of press and yeah. whatever and yeah. stuff. And, uh, a bit of a platform, I guess. Yeah, it was nice. And or Orti were doing a uh, pilot system at the time for comedy and they had sent someone along that Look, was uh, project haha -Ha, project haha -Ha, yeah out of which the big winner was uh, savage eye right but yeah, we yeah. we made a we uh, sort of developed a sketch series with them and yeah. made a pilot and stuff yeah i remember seeing it it was cool yeah, yeah it, was. I mean, it was it was yeah. the highlight for me anyway it was yeah. it was fun but i think we were too young for the kind of sketches we want to do like a, a lot of our okay. sketches and a lot of our characters and stuff not the band stuff but yeah. the other things like the films we're developing they're all kind of about Failed people, or people who really crisis kind of, or, stuff, yeah. or people who people who really should give up on their dreams. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's actually mostly just autobiographical of like people who do a really specific niche kind of job, okay. take it way too seriously. Right. It's like this the, this movie we have um, middle man mi middle management, the movie kind of stuff, is it? Well, yeah, but 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 <laughs> like with with some of the crazier sort of side of the fringe. Like, you know, in our travels, like, we've shared the stage with the Chippendales and stuff like that. So we kind of tried to imagine, like, imagine just being stuck in the job of a Chippendale. And, and like, in the same way that an office 
desk monkey feels stuck in their job, you know, because yeah. like performing people feel this exactly the same way, but it's just right. so much more undignified and hilarious, I think. Mm-hmm. So we have um, a movie on the go at the moment that hopefully is gonna we're going to be making next year, uh, which is called Send in the Clowns, and uh, it's based on a based on a sketch we did in that first show actually, and then a play. But um, have you ever heard of Clowns Without Borders? Yeah. So they're like, yeah, they're like doctors without borders, but they send oh, clowns in, right? Yeah, yeah, Which yeah, in the real world is a beautiful, helpful thing, right? Yeah, they bring yeah, yeah. some levity and whatever to tough places. Yeah. But we kind of, so we come up, come up with these characters of like just terrible, selfish, failed clowns <laughs> who go on something like this, um, but for all the wrong reasons, basically to get exposure, kind of to, to, to make a name for themselves, to be seen to be awesome. Yeah. And they go for all the wrong reasons and they get kidnapped by child soldiers which we figured is the toughest crowd a clown could ever have to play for. So basically, in order to get out of that, they have to, you know, get their shit together and whatever, learn to live again, all that good stuff. But it, yeah, th- so those are the kind of characters you want to do. And I don't think you can kind of do that when you're 22 and fresh-faced and haven't actually experienced being beleaguered and mm. stuck in a, a weird job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Such a good premise. So you would have gone through the process of getting development and all that. Just talk with the film board and just talk through the process there. Yeah. Um, so well, as much as you're allowed to divulge. Yeah, point, yeah. 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 Well. <laughs> so yeah, as I say, we 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 had it as a sketch in that first show, and a few sketches from that first show had nuggets of really good ideas actually that were that have like two. There's another one in development with the film board as well, and then the final song, which was a condensed pitch for Famine the Musical, we're working on it development into a longer thing as well but anyway so we had that initial sketch which was just the three clowns coming off stage into the kitchen after a disastrous birthday party and just arguing tearing the heads off each other and then later on we were like there's something more to those guys and uh, we developed it into an hour long play for Dublin Fringe Festival and uh, the characters kind of came became more uh, I was going to say nuanced but that's just not true they became more (laughs) (laughs) they became more alive like we turned them into versions of ourselves you know and all of our experiences of those arguments like at the time and like it was we we were the most proud of that of anything we'd ever done and uh, it was it was just loads of fun it was these clowns come off stage tear each other's shreds arguing throwing blame and all the rest of it and they basically get to the point where they're you know that's it bloody quit can't do this anymore but they just talk themselves around into actually no we can't quit we are genius we're going to do this again forever and uh, it, it kind of transpires is that's the same argument they basically have every after every show yeah. after every day so anyway we did that play and um, uh, that was a kind of a good jumping off point then to to go to the film board with because we had something that you know that yeah. sort of proof of concept or whatever you know like uh, and by that stage as well we had made a really really low budget kind of almost guerrilla feature Called Discoverdale, yes. Um, with the same, so I don't know whether to jump into that story now or not. Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So maybe just talk through a little bit of the kind of the story of that Pence. So you were doing all these shows. You did a lot of touring, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. We did a lot. So that's that's sort of where all that that beleaguered right. stuff comes yeah, from, yeah. or whatever. It's like uh, having three spouses and. Yeah. living in the backseat of a fiesta or in bunk beds and weird hostels or that used to be public toilets and yeah. you know all this kind of stuff um so we started off uh, we tried out different formats we did the sketch show and we tried out kind of piss take of radio plays where we we're doing the live foley sound effect and stuff like that right. music started to creep into it more and more and uh, people really responded to that and, and then we kind of turned it into the band yeah. 
format that yeah. a small handful of people know and love today. Yeah, so that was the kind of thing that, that sort of took off for us in terms of touring. Um, so the B, every year, the big cornerstones of the tour, touring calendar for comedians would be Edinburgh in August, and then you've got the Australian and New Zealand festivals in sort of March, April, February, March, April. Yeah. And then Montreal, if you do that, we only did that once. But uh, okay. And then you've got every single arts centre and pub up and down the country and across right. several other countries in between that. Yeah. Those are the tough ones. And you would have, say, talk a bit about, say, where Republic of Tally came in there. Because you also wrote for them as well, right? Yeah. Um, so Republic of Tally, um, at the time, well, it doesn't exist anymore, but they uh, you know, used to look for comedians to, to do little segments like you know the way they got rubber bandits to do their horses side smash hit yeah. Yeah. and uh, so they asked us for something and you know we went with rugby yeah. which worked out pretty good yeah. and we did a couple more after that which worked out less less well <laughs> oh, yeah. um, and then it was actually towards the end of when we decided that we were going to stop the touring of Dead Cat Bounce and we were all sort of like okay how do we exactly do we segue out of this with a CV yeah. that says 2000 Eight to present comedy drummer. Right. Um, I just <laughs> <laughs> we were making our last video actually with the public Tally lads, uh, and uh, I just kind of asked them, do you know, like, do you know of any writing jobs yeah. going or whatever? And they have a, a slot, or they had a slot on that show, which was, um, which is basically the review of the TV shows of the week, where they basically Dermot would take the pace out of Nationwide or whatever it was, yeah. and uh, so they gave me a shot at doing some of that, and I did that worked out, and I did kind of more and more of those kind of. TV review segment cool. script stuff. And is that then how you kind of segue into doing other telly? Yeah. Cool. Um, and yeah, we're jumping around. We're, jumpi- we're jumping around. The timelines time don't yeah. cross the street. Yeah, yeah. So I want to talk a bit about uh, Discoverdale, which is a feature. Was it kind of self-produced? Um, you guys are- not quite. No, I had a, had a small had a small budget but I think it was sort of independently financed I mean not by us because we don't have any money but but, um, the producers uh, you know and our agent at the time tracked down uh, enough to invest in it and and they took a shot at it because we've been trying to do something with those band characters for years yeah Fly the Concords kind of made it very difficult because it's kind of like you try and pitch somebody a sitcom about like a wacky band yeah you know getting into wacky situations you're kind of like "Mm." yeah 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 (coughs) So, um, but no reflection on your own work. I mean, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's well, thank you very much. But uh, it's it's sort of just even the fact that you say you start the pitch with okay, so there's this comedy band, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's sort of a specific thing that they had kind of cleaned up. Yeah. Um, but Discoverdale. So yeah, we were around the same time that we wrote the Clowns play. Anyway, and uh, the direct the guy who directed Discoverdale, George Kane, who's a sort of mainly sitcom director. He's an Irish guy, but he lives in London and he does yeah. lots of stuff over there. Um, time wasters and crashing and lots of other things um he was kind of like had an idea for kind of a backpacking sitcom where basically you follow a group of people and it take take them around different european cities and we kind of looked at that and we're like yeah but what if it was about us so <laughs> kind of came up with this spin on it which was um where jim the lead singer of our band deck bands got in it into his head that David Coverdale, the rock star lead singer of actual rock band Whitesnake, was his biological dad. Yeah. So the sitcom would be them basically following Whitesnake around on their tour and, uh, you know, n- never really getting close to them, but mainly being about them busking, trying to survive. And, you know, we, the idea didn't really go much beyond that. Right. But um, the producers who we were kind of 
friends with and knew we wanted to do something with because we'd done little uh, shorts and stuff before. Um, they were kind of they were the real they were the real kind of guerrilla energy behind it. They I remember Chris, one of the producers. He said he just Googled White Snake's tour schedule and said, oh, they're in Scandinavia That's next cool. week. So, no yeah, way. so like how about, you know, to hell with scripting anything, to hell with sitcom, how about we, you just go and you actually try and get hold of this rock star and you actually go up to him and can say, did you, <laughs> did you sleep with a woman in Manchester Arena yeah, yeah. in 19-whatever? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, did my mom see your White Snake? <laughs> God, there was a lot of that. Practically writes itself. <laughs> I mean, no, so, but it, it worked out quite well timing-wise as well. Because so the story of the movie is that the, that dead cat bands quit, and what are they going to do next? Yeah. And uh, what James is going to do next is track down his biological dad, and they end up getting dragged off on this adventure. And uh, it was it was super fun to make because because screenwriting, as I'm sure you both and anyone listening who's tried it knows, is an endless affair. It's like I, I'm I'm working on a, a script which the First draft is dated 2012, and like I'm like, what's? You know, like, you know, I'm a different person. All, almost all the cells in my body have changed right now. But with this one, it was kind of like, you've got a week, you know, you've got a week for every, every, any preparation, and you're going to be there. And also, it's hard to prepare because you don't know what's going to happen. And also, you, you don't know if this rock star is ever going to, you're ever going to get hold of him. Like, what's the ending of your movie if you can't get in backstage and confront him? Yeah. Um, so yeah. it was like totally improvised. <laughs> to the point where, like, on day one, I decided it would be funny if my character didn't bring a jacket. <laughs> and then I was stuck with it in Norway, <laughs> with, in, in, like, you know, leopard print tights and a, you know, sleeveless T-shirt. <laughs> the whole shoe. like a needle. It's just like... Um, but, it, you know, it, it worked out. He was... It, eventually, after a few cities... Um, they kind of contacted us and said, "Okay, what what the hell is this thing yeah. exactly?" And he's got a great sense of humor, which is part of the reason we're kind of we we like him. So he was like, "Okay, I'll give you give you five minutes, but I don't want to know anything about it. Just I'm going to pull up in a car outside this this hotel, and you just grab me and do whatever it is you're going to do." And uh, he just gave us this awesome right. ending. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was cool. And now you can get it on DVD in Japan. <laughs> Which is like the most final tap ending ever. Yeah. Oh. You know, it's all, it's all, you can get on, on demand in the States and stuff, but I think okay. what really made it tricky was that, like, it's peppered with Whitesnake songs, right. you know, and he, he was game to give to, to, to give us clearance, but, like, they all have, like, lawyers and yeah. millions oh, of other songwriters and blah, blah, blah. blah. So, so there's a tip for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'd love to see it. It's kind of a last gem. For Irish fans, oh, I've got I've got a Japanese subtitled copy at home. Oh, You're welcome to You're welcome to borrow. <laughs> Just so it happens. <laughs> well, you can buy it subtitled Japanese if you want. You know, okay. It's on. Yeah. Well, I wonder. Just out of curiosity, was it easier to license it there or something? Or what? I I honestly I honestly don't know. But I think they 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 love their classic rock, right? So they love yeah, White Snake, yeah. and that's why I think so does America, right? Yeah. And that's the only two places you can get it. Okay. And so I think I think there's a reason that like that, that that Japanese. Spinal Tap myth is true. Like, did you see um, Anvil? Yes. Yeah, like that basically yeah, yeah. has a real life exact same ending where they get a second lease of life yeah. in Japan. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's something there where they they like that. Like, I say this affectionately, cheesy rock. Like, it's my favorite type of thing. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so was it then? You kind of took a bit of a break from that appearance. Yeah, yeah, and you kind of moved more into the writing. Yeah. Um, so yeah I'd been just as we were coming to a close again or knocking the live thing on the head like we had a couple of scripts that were sort of up and running or whatever um, that we knew we wanted to try and do screenplay wise but yeah. at the same time I knew I was going to have to 
support myself some other way. Yeah. Um, so I, I wrote my first kind of solo script, which is a horror. Um, um, it's not actually attached to anyone at the moment. It's, I, I'm not actually. I didn't never submitted it to the film board or anything like that. But it was enough to kind of uh, just kind of get me started and make me realize, oh, actually, I can. can. I can finish this. Yeah, yeah, I can. Yeah. yeah, I can. I can start and I can finish the thing, and it's yeah. it's not half bad, you know. Yeah. Um, and then you know, as we were talked about earlier, the Republic and Fair City um, stuff, and Red Rock. Uh, I was working on as well in in a story kind of capacity, but. You know, the focus has always been feature stuff. So yeah. pretty hot on the heels of that first horror I wrote. Which was called, what was it called, Roy? Well, <laughs> it's it's not, it's not, it's not released right now. It's, it's sitting in a box. I'm going to yeah, do yeah, something yeah. with it someday. Oh, so, so I'll be yeah, a bit yeah. superstitious about giving away an awesome title. <laughs> but <Yeah>, superstitious. <coughs> Damn, you got it. <laughs> but it was like, oh, look, it was a, it's based on a, like a sp- very specific thing from Irish mythology, and I think one of the reasons I've been reluctant to do anything with it was, I- I'm pretty sure the film board is inundated with. I remember being at one of their yeah. talks before, and someone said, "Like, what do you, what are you just sick of?" And they said, "IRA and yeah. Irish mythology." mythology yeah. Yeah. And yet they, and I say, and yet they never make it, but actually they do make some horrors in that vein. But I, anyway, yeah. I, and I, one of the other things as well was I ended up kind of stealing a pretty core idea from it for <laughs> the next one. So. Yeah, I guess the canal wasn't too bad, and obviously that new movie coming out, um, the zombie one, the day before Friends. Right? Oh, you were talking about with a mythology. Oh, a horror movie, uh, specifically genre. Ones. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're definitely. Well, they don't have a huge no, they're track they're, right? they're doing good. No, they're doing. Doing a lot of power, but I suppose I mean yeah, like a, a creature from Irish mythology, like the fairies. Oh, like okay. like the, I think there's a lot. They get a lot of stuff about yeah. lads cutting down the wrong tree. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And the fairies yeah. coming for them. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, you know, I'm, I'm. That's in my movie as well, so I'm not slagging anyone who's got that in theirs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Count the yeah. No, when you, yeah, because I worked did a little bit. You did some re- yeah. And, yeah, you do. You tend to get a lot of the same things. Even like then we were like getting a lot of stuff from London and like every script seemed to be about gentrification mm. or, or hipsters. So right. there, there's kind of, things go through phases. phases yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, so, say in your, is, is horror kind of your other love? It's it's not connected to comedy. Yeah, horror is, absolutely. Um, and usually I like to keep them separate. Like, yeah. there's, there's a few, there's a very few horror comedies that I love, like, yeah. Shaun of the Dead, yeah. amazing, obviously, mm. like, yeah. one of the best ever, but, excuse me, um, but, yeah, mainly I like I like you know what do they call it now? Elevated genre, art house horror, whatever. Like one of these ones, which is like I like quite moody horror. Like you know, like, like I love the witch, which is amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there's another one kind of called February. Anyone see that? It was, no. it, was it changed its name then to March. The Black Coat's daughter. <laughs> the Black Coat's daughter. Yeah. No. yeah. Oz Perkins, Anthony Perkins, the guy who plays Norman Bates, his yeah. son wrote okay. and directed it. And, oh. So, oh, it's just this kind of really moody satanic thing which is yeah. like that's you know it's great. It probably ties into my heavy metal kind of childhood right <laughs> yeah, I've got yeah. an unscratched itch to you know to, to do something with the dark side as well yeah so you're working on something horror at the moment yeah so um, I'm working on one uh, called Hive Mind I guess I can say that because <laughs> it's it's out there now um, that's with Tailored and Connor McMahon, director who director of Stitches and mm-hmm. other bits and pieces. Yeah. Um, so I guess yeah. Yeah, he's great. The, some of the stuff was yeah, like really, he's really awesome. Good. Like he's like, and you know, we met during during Public Italian. I was kind of like, okay, 
Here's a guy who also loves comedy yeah, and horror. So yeah, yeah. at some point, I, I think I saw uh, It Follows or, or something. I saw some great horror in the cinema, and then yeah. I just texted him all caps, let's make a movie. Right. <laughs> and he was like, okay, give me something. So we started. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it just it's a perfect match, I think, your style and his style. Yeah, looking forward to hopefully seeing that. Um, yeah, and so and that's and yeah, and then bits and bits and bobs. Yeah. Apart from that, like script, script editing, the it's sort of just it's like doors open doors is yeah. what I find. So like the Republic Italy led to Fair City, or Decapans led to Republic Italy led yeah. to Fair City, led to Red Rock. We'll say, yeah. um, you know, working with Blinder on 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 this other comedy script uh, called Tandem, which is based on a sketch from that first show. The other one. I yeah. kind of mentioned um, then when they were working with uh, a, a writer-director team called Daddy Mike and oh, Enda um, you know they they had a kind of a feedback session where they did a live reading of it in front of some industry people that they kind of knew and uh, got our feedback and off the back of that then they kind of asked me would I do a proper kind of script edit feedback on it and then sort of off the back of that then they asked me if I'd do a draft of it yeah. which is which is great. I, that was actually the most fun freelance work for for someone else's yeah. thing that I've ever done. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Okay, that's a really fun project as well. Cool. They're, they're filming that at the start of next year, I think. Brilliant. Um, which is going to be fun to see how it turns out. Cool. Uh, you were telling me about the simulacrum. <laughs> yeah. For the, yeah. For the clown movie. Yeah, that's right. For sending the clowns. It's something that we we'd never heard of people doing it before and I'd definitely never heard the word before simulacrum yeah. but it's something that Fastnet apparently do as part of their development and it really seems to work like some people will do a teaser yeah. little minute and a half kind of taster of, of a movie yeah. as part of their development yeah. um, what Fastnet do or what they did with us at least was book a rehearsal room I think it was in um, Bow, Bow Street, Bow Street. Bow Street. Yeah. Yeah. And just get us in there with the director and a cameraman, uh, and just film the script on its feet. So, you know, you're, impro- you're just you're improvising props, or like yeah. you've got like you know a paper plate for a steering wheel. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. And so he's doing his best to get roughly the shots he wants, and he's feeling it out, and yeah. you're feeling it out as well in terms of performance. And then cut together, you get you get to look at a lot, kind of a live storyboard of your, right. you know, it comes off the page. It was it yeah. was a really cool experience because you got to see where things lagged and where. You know, for the script, where what needed work and whatever, but for us as well as sort of relative newcomers to screen acting, you know, we're used to comedy stage performing and being wildly over the top. We were able to see, okay, need to rein it in there, or actually, you know, or this this sort of thing, you know. Yeah. Instead of like for all sorts of reasons, it was a great experience. Cool. Something to recommend. Yeah. So you bring it forward into other projects. Yeah. Yeah, have you ever been part of? No, not necessarily. I've done a lot of radio drama, so I know what that's like to be up on its to have something up on its feet. Um, It's really, really helpful, just to see if something physically is working or not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like we're going to do something. It's not the same, but it's quite similar. In hopefully, in in the way it works out um, next year, I I, I can't talk about it yet or what the project is. But basically, it's uh, we're going to do a live performance. Yeah. or a reading of the first draft of a new screenplay. Right. So in front of probably a comedy crowd, um, well, A, it gives us a deadline where you know you're going to be on stage in front of people, so you fucking better have a yeah. script that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But B, 
you know, you'll always have that audience in mind. You'll always know you can't meander. It's not can't be slow, or whatever. Yeah. And but even the experience of doing it, you'll you'll get a real good sense of what works and what doesn't. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and and then on top of all that, it'll be um, it'll be an easier sell to let's say the film board okay. if you can be like, look, we did it in front of people. Yeah. It works. Here's a video if you want it. Yeah. You know, and, and we—I think that worked with clowns haven't done the play before, right? And yeah. I, I always think that is something I'd look at doing, okay. Especially now since the film board is getting—you um, know—they've they've had to stop the screenplay development thing for a while and whatever. Yeah. I think they're getting more and more submissions. It's anything you can do to prove that you've got it's something. It's a It's not just like yeah. here's yeah. a here's something that could be something. You know? Yeah, I think they just announced the. Yeah. the new scheme. Yeah, talked a little bit about it yesterday. Yeah, yeah I read which that is more about kind of working hands-on and developing, actually script developing with mentors. I saw that. That looks interesting, yeah. yeah. So yeah, they've, they've sort of split it into two. So the existing one will stay, mm. but it's for established people. So for mm. people where every member has a credit on a produced yeah. film or TV drama. Right. And then the other one is for, for people who may not, right? Yeah. And then they get... I think there's much less rounds for that, but, right. but, but they get, yeah, like you were saying, kind of mentoring, mm. uh, script, more script editing and... Even probably story, uh, yeah. uh, not classes, but what do you mean? Like you know, <laughs> story is its own thing, as you know. Yeah. That it's really yeah. useful to learn yeah. the structure yeah. of yeah. things. And yeah, they seem to be taking more of a dramaturgy approach yeah. to it, which I think is very, very helpful. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I love the idea of doing the reads. It's kind. Of, it's but there's a bit of a trend I think in Hollywood, uh, with like Tarantino. To I think there was an aborted script and then he did a table read and he ended up, oh, I'll actually make it. And that was his last movie, I think. And then there's guys in Dublin, actually, who do, they take yeah. yeah, I've seen, I've never managed to make it to one, but they seem awesome. Like, I remember the, the one that caught my eye was the one, the, the, the Superman movie that never was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Kevin yeah. Smith one. Yeah. With yeah, Nicolas Cage as Superman. Story, story breakers or story? Story breakers. Yeah. Script breakers. Yeah, in the, in the grand social. Sorry, Chris, I know Chris. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah. It's such a good idea. So, like, they've, and it's like they 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 pack out the house every yeah, time. Yeah, say so. Hands. Like it sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so cool. Well, thanks so much for coming in. No, um, thanks for having me. Best of luck with all the projects. Thank you, busy man. Thanks, man. Uh, so yeah, again, <laughs> this is the Laffy episode. Sorry. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. We'd like to thank uh, you know. There's been some great people along the along the way so far that have helped us. Uh, big shout out to our, our main sponsor, Westland Studios, who houses us um, uh, on a regular basis. Uh, so if you're in the market for any, coming up to Christmas in particular, if you're looking for um, a, a really special gift for somebody um, in the music business, um, they, they, I believe they have um, Christmas vouchers that you can buy um, for that someone special in your life. Uh, so yeah, check out their website uh, www.westlandstudiosdublin.com and Owen there will look after you.